0: That's my vibe on on what our intro is sort of. Welcome to the Pure Joy podcast, a bi-weekly exploration of joys that we feel amongst ourselves and through our guests. Hi, I'm Gabe Stringer here with our special guest, our usual host, M. Williams, here to explore his joy. Finally, here in front of a camera and microphone. uh, A year in. A year in, here is M. Williams, here to talk about his joy. I'm so excited, I'm Gabe Stringer, one more time, to interview M. Williams about his joy. M, can you please enlighten us about your joy.
1: Well let's start with our daily joys first. That's true. That's true. That's true. Our small joy of the okay. day. Let's warm We gotta, warm do, up our, we gotta do
0: part one of the episode. Here it is. Our small joys. Do you want to go first guest? Yeah, yeah. Go I'll go it. first. Alright, what's guest. your small joy um, of the
1: day? My small joy of the day is uh actually we me and my partner went out uh, earlier and we saw the little mermaid live action little oh, mermaid. Oh yeah how was that? Yeah it was really good yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. have a
0: lot of feelings about the Little Mermaid. I only have seen, obviously, the yeah. the animated one. How does it? I don't know. It that, hold up. How does it yeah. compare?
1: I don't know that I had a ton of feelings. I've I've always enjoyed the the like smash hit songs from the Little Mermaid, but I don't know that I've had a ton of like. There's really like a lot of the old Disney movies that I enjoy, but I'm not like, I don't ache to go back and watch again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But. um... Mm-hmm. So it's an hour longer than the, the animated version, but I would say that I didn't really notice that it was a little over two hours long. Like
0: it just kept going, just like you, movie. It kept you. All going? of the
1: scenes were like necessary. I was excited to kind of watch it, knowing going into it, knowing that like, are why why is it an hour longer? And that I think is just because like in real time, you need time to build the scenes more than you do in an animated. You got to let people enter the room. You got to let people. Hello, cat. Are you here to join? Hey, welcome. Finnegan. again. You got to let people warm up to the scenes, and then some. You just want to give a little bit more time because you're just willing to accept things in animation more than in, I think, real time. So it it was it was really good. All the characters were really stellar. I was really surprised to see like Melissa, Melissa McCarthy do such a good job as Ursula. That was just neat. I was expecting it. I mean, it was about as comical as you would have want to make it, but it still had this, like, dark side to it. Um, It was good. It was good. All songs were stellar. Even, the only part I didn't particularly love is the bird talking underwater as much as it does. It exists underwater for so long. I'll, I'll agree it could maybe go under there and if everyone else can already, like, talking animals, whatever, it can talk, I don't give a fuck. But, it was underwater for, like, five to seven minutes and I do not think the bird can do that.
0: You've heard it um, here first, folks. The bird in Little Mermaid was under the water for too long. Too long. Hot take here on the <laughs> Joy Podcast. Uh, the bird was underwater for too long, and we can't have that. Uh, it was. Only critique. Only critique. The, the
1: audience was literally, like, other people in the audience were chuckling the first time we started talking underwater, because it was just kind of goofy. It's,
0: stellar movie. Stellar good. Still a good character. Decent movie. Decent she did movie, a great good job character, with Good the character. character. The movie the bird was underwater underwater was for far water. too long.
1: Scientifically inaccurate in the movie The Little Mermaid.
0: But it did look like a real bird. It was like a real bird that was just underwater for
1: too the long. The mermaids looked like like there was one point where she was sitting and you could just see this muscle on her tail and the way it went down, and I was like, that's really cool. Like that looks like the the muscle and not just legs under something. Okay. okay. You know, and th- there was just like little moments where she like it, they would move their tails, and it really looked like a muscle under the scales doing what it had to do. But again, the bird was just under the water for too long. Uh, All right.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, On my end, my small joy, I recently uh noticed that I have bookmarked quite a lot of songs on Shazam. You know how Shazam has like a... It connects to your, like, network or your, no, I don't like, really know your, about like buttons. Okay, well, Shazam has a button that you can add to your, like, lock screen okay. when you slide down, uh, where you can, like, real quick Shazam a song.
1: Oh, okay, find out the name of a song just by mm-hmm. hearing a bit just of real quick. Okay.
0: Um, and so I have had that. It turns out I've had that for over a year, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of podcasts, some of which are, like, just... Let's play some songs, podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I'm on the road a lot, so I don't have time to fucking look up all the songs that are playing while I'm driving. And so I just quick Shazam and forget forget that it happened. Um, And so today I realized that I had been doing that and went back and just started listening through all of the songs I'd Shazammed. Okay. They don't hold up, most of them. Most of them don't. I don't know if that is a an issue with my selection of the songs or if Shazam has picked not the songs that I actually selected, Mm. but
1: I would say vibe to listening to them on the road when it's It's, just sort of there. It's super possible that like my road trip
0: vibes are not my sitting in the kitchen, listening to music vibes. Um, but i spent a good time today just sort of listening to a lot of those tunes it was a lot of um a lot of irish and celtic music and then a little bit of uh, electronic electro funk a little bit uh but i would say i had maybe maybe a 30 40% acceptance rate wow yeah. of your
1: own of the music that you bookmarked yeah. Yeah, that's no, wild of the music
0: that i bookmarked i went back and listened to it and was like
1: oh that's pretty man. wild okay okay that's interesting i mean it's like my my like really long playlist i would say that the songs near the beginning of it or closer to the beginning when they come up i skip them much more often yeah sometimes it's because i or like you know even I newer songs i'm no, like Why i, definitely did I this? feel that you i know? definitely feel that when i'm when i'm listening through
0: playlists that have been extant since college mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. occasionally you'll get a song and you'll be like uh what mm-hmm. what i know that i know that gabe of of 5 years ago was really into this song in college but he was in a very different he was in a very different place and gabe i don't of, i don't know about
1: that gabe of 5 years now hates this song <laughs>
0: Uh, gabe five yeah. years from now has, has analyzed the uh has analyzed the lyrics and has decided that he's not as big of a fan of the song as he thought he <laughs> was he was a big fan of the tune way, a good ditty uh, in way, the background way on, way on back but now that he's like looked at the lyrics he's like ah <laughs> you know you know maybe not yeah maybe maybe not uh. with that out of the way let's get into the meat and potatoes of our of our recording and if you would please please enlighten Uh, us on the topic of our episode
1: uh yeah yeah so for me there's a number of things in life i think that bring me joy i think that some I could talk about for hours and others would be like, well, it brings me joy and that's about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I find that I'm happy when I do it, but I don't know that I could talk about it much longer. But I think that the root of many of these, not all of them, but many of them comes back to storytelling for me. Be that, I mean, streaming, like playing, playing these games and finding the stories of them, playing d d the podcasts, like it's all circling around I think in the end to just like having a story to tell whether that's someone else's story that we're experiencing together or a story that I'm making up myself most of the time I think it's preferable that it's a story that like I'm making up or being a part of making up mm-hmm. yeah I don't know it's just um, since we decided that this was coming up I've been a lot more thoughtful about like what I would be doing I think at some point it was going to be D&D and then at some point it was going to be podcasting. Um, and now that I have I've had guests that have done them. And while I'm not averse to repeating, it's also made me think a little bit more about how I would approach doing these things. And, and I, I would think,
0: say I'd say that just my estimation, but a lot of the topics that you would pick, given of the topics that we've seen here in the podcast, a lot of the topics that that you would be inclined towards. Do sort of have their root in storytelling, whether it is is Dungeons and Dragons or theater or, you know, any number of 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 things that you would be excited about. They they come back to storytelling.
1: I mean, yeah, 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 100 percent. All of these things have, I think, begun with an enjoyment in the way that it lets me either tell a story or experience a story.
0: So this being the Pure Joy podcast, let's talk about let's talk about joy in in sort of conjunction with your topic for a second. What was the first time that you were experiencing storytelling and you felt like this is a joy. You, I am experiencing joy yeah. in this moment via storytelling, be it your own or someone else's or uh, no doubt. a pre-written or like what you know, talk talk to me about your first sort of
1: storytelling experience. There, there's one before this that it just involves me like reading a book to a grade that was younger than me. I was like in first grade, and I was reading a, a book upside down to a bunch of kindergartners. And I remember enjoying imparting this story. But there's one time I think it was probably also in first grade, maybe around the same about uh same time uh in which I had written like. I mean, the story is tainted by age at this point, but I'd written like this, probably like five to six page story about uh, the beginnings of some form of adventure. A group of adventurers come together. How old were you at this point? Well, like first grade. OK, late okay. first grade. Uh, what is that? That's seven. Eight? Something like that, yeah, Something, somewhere yeah. around there. First grade, um, people know first grade. So yeah, I'd done this and I had enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I took my own free sort of leeway with what I wrote. I put a couple curse words in there. I um, was very excited. Oh indeed. Um, when I was finished with this, maybe book one, maybe chapter one of a longer thing, I was so excited about this this new world, and it went deeper than just the six pages. I made a board game of this thing, ah, this, this little journey that you could go on and draw cards, probably more akin to a candy land than anything. And right? This was all first grade that you did. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're playing the board game in class one day um, and the teacher comes over and is uh, interested in the board game that the first grader made and the story goes on to where it came from. And she was like, oh, I really want to read this story. And then she took it away because there were curse words in it. <laughs> she took it all away and said, you can have it back at the end of the year. And me that's being brutal, who I am and also a first grader would never remember this thing again. I'll remember it in a moment where I can't retrieve it. You know what I mean? hmm. So, yeah, I never, ever got that back. But it be like that's probably my first attempt at story writing. My imagination's always been great. I've always been into like the pretend on my own with a stick in the the woods, you know. But I think that would be like. That's like time number one. And since then, it's I think everything I mean, thinking back, like since then, every decision I've made about what my future would be at any given moment has kind of involved storytelling. When I was in like middle school to high school, my plan was to be a video game designer. And I was like writing. I had all these little notebooks of the chunks of video games that I had designed and it was all around like. I remember chatting with a friend who was helping me at some point. We were like talking about how the beginning of a game is so important and how it brings you into this world and the story we're telling. Uh, didn't do that. I went into theater instead and still like storytelling. My favorite class in college was was playwriting like that one. Or um, what's the the 481? We did device theater again, though, like mm-hmm. storytelling, in a Different. Yeah. kind. Those are those are the classes that stuck the most with me because I did them and I did them to a level that there's not a lot of other things I've done, I feel. The, the like thing that came out, it may not be the most glorious piece of writing, but it was better than I thought I was going to do by far at that time. And I think that if I was or, you know, am able to continue to nurture that, it's just going to continue to get better for what i think is going to come out of whatever we're doing yeah i don't know it's just continued it's consistent and evolving we did the little pokemon stuff and i remember at that time i was at work where when we were making the beginning of that pokemon game just like in my notebook drawing maps my boss told me to put my notebook away because i had taped pages together and it it could unfold into a larger map that i could draw on oh yeah and he was upset understandably, yeah, that I had pulled out this map and was, like, mapping at work. And now we find ourselves in D&D. So it's just kind of, like, full circle, always storytelling.
0: Yeah. You were talking about storytelling in your late high school, sort of early college days. What was the first time that you yourself... Because it sounds like you, you sort of experienced storytelling. you You had stories told to you and you were sort of a part of telling stories what was the first time that you sort of felt like you had told a story that you had had done the storytelling
1: i think actually it was when i was in i was actually talking with my partner about this today um and it was i was in a show um it was i was the light in who's uh samuel beckett it was samuel beckett show um, Let's... If I remember the name of it But I was in it um, You were in it and what were you doing? Um, I was the light in the show So this show um, As a Samuel Beckett Difficult to really Get down to the nitty gritty of what's going on But basically there are three Three forces on stage and each telling this story. Um, one was the man involved in the story and the other were the two ladies uh, in this like love triangle. And they're all, the, all the work we had done, we got down to that. They're all dead and they're trying to explain their story to death. And me as the light shining, the only light in the, the audience was shining the light on whoever was speaking. But it wasn't just shining light on whoever speaking. I have to direct the motion, right like this person can't stop speaking until the light leaves them and this person can't start speaking until the light leaves them even though we know in the script this person stops at what and this person then goes next but like if you don't have that motion if you don't have that feeling if this person just starts talking and the lights here they're pushing action right mm-hmm. they the audience knows that they're driving the show mm-hmm. but if i I'm able to keep this up and force their attention now over here. And then now this person stammers to begin their and firing out what they're saying and then has to like trip up to stop because I've ended uh, a word early or whatever. Then it like is really driving the action. I really like never did it right in show. But there was a few times during practice where when we crushed it, I was like, this is my show. I'm in it. I am the actor, but like it could not exist without what I'm doing. And also like it felt very hard. It felt very difficult. And I felt I had overcome some wild hurdle in getting to this point where I was shining this light on these three people. Right.
0: And we're going to we're going to get back to your chronology. But I do want to ask before we do that, what like have you felt that in your in, in your experience of storytelling, sort of beyond that first instance, have you felt that moment where you're you're like, I am the storyteller, I am the one dictating yeah. the, the 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 beats of this story?
1: Uh, have you have you felt that later on in life? Yeah, I mean, it would be the I mean, the, the preceding years doing playwriting. I wouldn't say it was probably in another show that that happened, but playwriting um was huge because there was a couple things that I wrote where like it was really cool sharing it with the class of, you know, a small group that like were all trying to sure gas each other up, but like produce the best work that they could. And so that was a part of it. And just like being at the table and you know, revealing these pieces that I put a lot of effort into countless, you know, sleepless nights, which was already happening, but now I just have to write a story on top of that you know, thinking to myself, like, oh, whatever, I'm just excited to turn this in and be done with another fucking project so I can move on to the next thing, and then people were like, holy shit, that's really good, or this part was really moving. The rest, you know, could have used more work. I'm like, oh, sure. Yeah, and I didn't do anything. But but, but this part, But though. this part, right? And so it's just like all of those moments in playwriting, device theater was huge with it because it was this sort of group think about coming up with the story that we all wanted to tell at the same time, and how we could do that. It was always interesting. So I'm, I am very hands on. I got to have a lot of control in whatever projects I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And that is a type of art where you can't really. Um, if you are, it's no longer what it's supposed to be, which is this like, I don't know, group think production group think product. So like giving yourself over to the like. Nature of what the storytelling can be is interesting, too. I think then mostly it's just set with D&D since they introduced us to D&D, because I knew that that I could I can literally tell any story I want Just have to set it up just right.
0: So then so then taking it from the the college years, I'm guessing I'm I'm assuming correct me if I'm wrong, the the moments where you have have felt like you were a storyteller since then have been through uh,
1: uh, role playing games or yeah. Yeah, I mean the 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 you know we had worked on uh, the Pokemon game for a few months. We we're making like a fan made Pokemon game, and I was just over the moon with every little decision. We got two towns with a working flow of when you talk to this person, it changes this thing, and that's huge. Like such in minuscule little tweaks and changes, uh, fires off different arcs in the story, and that was just interesting, uh, even though we only got through these first few towns with like any story motion um, and it still felt like a shell was just interesting to like when it isn't a shell, it's already feeling super cool. But when it's not a shell anymore, it'll be got to be so much better than it already is now that has fallen off. It's just been the, the tabletop role playing games. It's so uh, just interesting how the story develops there consistently. Amongst, I don't I'll kind of a groupthink thing too. It's got to be other people. It's not just the work that I put in or the work that anyone puts in. It on the table. That's every decision that leads to this ultimate outcome. For
0: you, the listener, M and I did work on a a Pokemon fan make game. We didn't have a a title in mind. You know, uh, uh, like and subscribe. The next decade, fingers crossed. We'll see if we uh we get it out there. Uh, it was based on, on Iceland. We got the first two towns made. We had, man, it was so much fun, like spitballing plot ideas mm-hmm. and how things connected together. It was, that was such a good time, like just talking through and planning through the different things that things could be. And yeah. then of course there was, uh, there was, there was the D and D, uh, subscribe, uh, like and subscribe. Uh, Dungeons, ins and Dice. That is where we do our our uh role playing game content. We're currently playing Dungeon World out in space. We may we may in in the near future be playing something else, but look forward to more storytelling elements there.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyhow, yeah, um, I mean, but that that's where I flex the storytelling muscles. Now is just in that I'm a little nervous and excited to see how that will change when I'm not the DM.
0: Yeah, that was going to be if I wasn't going to pick a question off of here, that was going to be my next question was, what are you what are your thoughts on storytelling uh, sort of a, a behind the kimono peak for you in the audience um, here in the near future uh, M will stop being our uh, game master here for dungeons Dragons, and dice and i will take over playing uh your old favorite dungeons and dragons D,
1: finally traditional D,
0: back again with the 20-sided uh polyhedrals yeah. what are your thoughts was going to be my question what are your yeah. thoughts moving from a game master sort of architect of the overarching story of the pillars of the world to a player character sort of pushing threads forward with your own actions sort of what are your thoughts I Sort mean, of making that transition
1: yeah I don't I don't know because I do this is a like I think about it every night when I'm going to bed that's like the thing I think about when I'm going to sleep is um in between each session what could happen next So right now we're where we've left off in our recordings. We're in the shadow of a ship. We've just done this interaction with some bandits in the field. Right. Do we leave? Do we not? I have gone through seven. We do leave scenarios and five. We don't leave scenarios. It's just consistent because I not because I want to plan out what's going to happen this it's just to see how the story could go if it goes in this direction, if it goes in this direction, if it goes in this direction. 99% of the times, even with that, you guys are going to do something of none of the 15 scenarios I've thought could happen. You guys are going to do one or two things that's going to ping pong you to a different area. But it's going to help that I've done all these things because now I have a better idea of this field of spaceships, right? Now I know like, OK, maybe it doesn't need to be that you drove up and directly over to this thing, but this other thing that I had imagined, I can kind of put over here because it, you know, it, it helps me develop out this little world I can just kind of rearrange as we go. Um, but it's just it's daily. That's all the time because I'm loving what's happening and I want to keep fostering that to happen. When I move into a player, I don't know. I don't know how I will feel. I don't know if I'll be searching for another way to find a way to tell a story or if the itch will still be scratched. Cause in editing, I'm s- pleased in a different way to see that it's not just me DMing and then you guys responding. But in this moment I can see the story forming when I'm editing. So maybe it'll still exist because I'm still going through and editing the same content. I'm just not driving the boat per se anymore. Yeah. Um. So I don't, I don't know. I'm, nervous and excited because i kind of want i just want to play again
0: well i i will say uh i as the dungeon master am looking forward to your feedback as far as the way that the story is progressing even if i am taking the lead in the sort of imagination portion of the world building i will be very uh intrigued to hear your feedback as the the architect of the the medium as it were and to sort of to sort of hear what you have to say as a, your experience as a player uh, and as
1: a listener as you're editing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I'm excited to see how it changes. I have no I- idea. I'm just... I'm excited. We've been telling a story, but I don't know that we've ever focused so hard on storytelling in playing any of the D&D games we've ever played. And no, we've, we've just, just sort
0: of been doing it. our thing.
1: And that's fine. That's It's good and fun, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but it's been interesting thinking a lot more as a group about driving the story forward. Um, you can still make the dumb ideas, make the, the, the fun, goofy bits, um, but still driving that story forward has been just so enjoyable.
0: Memory. I don't know if we've already answered this, and if we do, we'll move on to the next question. But it, 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 do you have a memory, like a crystallized, like a this was the moment that that you were like, this is a joy. This is a this is a thing for me that I want to be doing forever, basically.
1: I don't know that I ever put the puzzle pieces together until I was actually sitting down and figuring out what to put on the podcast, like what to be a guest like I. I didn't really ever think about like in first grade I didn't. I enjoyed doing this thing. I had found that people said good job and I loved what I did and I dove in further, but then it was gone mm-hmm. and then I was, you know, game designing and I never really thought about that. It was the fact that I was finding so much enjoyment and c- coming up with these worlds. But I thought that it was through video games, like the structure of video games that I wanted to be and easy to Peter off. And then it's like through the structure of theater. and Now it's through the structure of D&D, even up until like the past week when I've been thinking about it, like it's it boils down to the fact that I am telling a story and that I do think about it daily and then I like look forward to it. Like when I'm in bed, I'm on my phone, and you're winding down. I'm like, ooh, about 15 minutes, I'm going to dive into another scenario that I'm just excited to dictate in my head what everyone does, what everyone says, where they go, what they do. And knowing that it'll be different when it actually happens becoming comfortable with that. At first, I was like, come on, what the fuck? How can it be different than 15 other scenarios? But it's like now exciting because it's this part of it. Like that's how the scenarios continue to be.
0: The more you know your your players, the more you know the characters that that are acting independently Mm -hmm. within your story, the more different ways that things can spiral out of control because you know, oh, this, this one thing could be a trigger for this player to do this
1: thing. And then that could go off in in whatever direction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I haven't put words to it. I think that's it's... what I've begun getting more excited about. And it was, it was in like, I don't know, was it the third or fourth episode when we had the, the rug incident where you said, is there a rug in this factory? And I said, I can't think of reason why there would be. And you said, well, can you think of a reason why there wouldn't be? And then I said, I had to, I like faffed around and tried to come up with some reason there wouldn't be. And the, it ultimately resulted in no.
0: In the end, I did not get my rug. You didn't Spoiler get your rug. Spoiler alert, and for those who
1: haven't heard the episode, I did I, not
0: get my rug. I'm salty at all about that.
1: Yeah, I'm salty about it, <laughs> that I had done that, that character um, already in the did. past. That <laughs> Sure. Sure. And that's also been revealed in in real time now, so that can be said. But it's it's that there was no reason that there couldn't have been. I just was, for some reason, unwilling to find one. And like after that, it's become a lot more about stretching those muscles. So no matter what anyone says. Making this. Happen and mostly we do it. I try to do it in a way of like, does it make sense? But it doesn't always need to, because we're just telling the story, like the rabbit in the hat. When we were talking about the director's cut, pulled a second, pulls a second, uh, what carrot out of the hat in the mm-hmm. old in the old Pixar short, and like, why would they have a second? Why wouldn't he have a second carrot? So why wouldn't there be a fucking rug in this factory?
0: Mm-hmm. For the for the for the viewers, just a real quick sidestep. Em and I recently did like a whole marathon of Pixar shorts. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. a few of them only had the director's commentary audio attached to them. And one of those was uh, 2006 or 2007, Presto, the one with the rabbit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those of you who know, know. Uh, And we watched all of that with its director's commentary. And the big thing that we got from that director's commentary was... That there was apparently, according to the director, a major plot hole, which was (laughs) where, where did the second carrot come from? This (laughs) man said it it was a major plot hole. It was a major plot hole, and both of us were just like, "What second carrot?" Like, I can't can't even believe that that was. He's a magician with real human pockets. Like, where do you think the second carrot came from? He pulled it out of it out of the hat. With sleight of hand, like a magician does. Like,
1: it's just like that for me is exactly it's like the rug thing. Why would why would he have a second character? Why wouldn't there be a rug? Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. The story needs this rug at the moment. And why can't there be a rug?
0: Yeah, if there's not a rug, there better be like a good reason why there's not a rug. And I feel like this was a thing that I said Yeah, you said said, there should be a sign that says no rugs, like a poster, like a like a no rug flammable with a line through the rug with fire on it poster like rugs can't have them, can't have them. They catch fire and we're on lava planet. That's that's no bueno, you know, and given that, sure, no rugs. Mm. But without it,
1: yeah, since that moment, it's been more of me like trying to flex that muscle and find those things that just make it make sense it can just make it make sense, do it and make it make sense. That's kind of what I feel like part of your job is as the DM is to just make it make sense
0: as the DM. um, When you are, I, I don't know if this is a thing that you feel when you are actively DMing or when you're listening back to the episodes as you're editing. um, But. Have there been moments recently when you when you've been like, ah, yes, this is this was a good moment. This was a moment where I I told the story. Uh I I did the thing. I made it happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just it's been getting better and better like every episode I'm a little more or every little moment I'm a little more impressed than I was last time about how one of us or all of us are describing what's happening. Um but also myself like Just going into a little bit more detail every time about what's around so that we can all have somewhat of a closer mental image of this space. Um, Yeah. And then just being more comfortable with the fact that that mental image will never be the exact same. And so you're going to reach for a rug, even though I didn't imagine one. Um, Yeah, I mean, just like in the, the most recent episode that has come out, like it was big. We, I made it like an artistic decision to split the episode in two because we got tired of fucking two and a half hour long episodes, but mm-hmm. also because we needed like we just had this big big like culmination climax fight. We needed a goofy goof up and it felt cool to be able to make that decision. One, do it. It works. We had, had a goof up hour and then we had another slightly goof up hour that ended in another tragedy. <laughs> um, and so it's like to split that up to do it and then to get to the end of that tragedy and be like, oh, I'm so happy that I made this decision to put in the goof up hour on its own as a palate cleanser, um, even though it would have been two and a half hours in like it just it felt right. And then it did it and it worked. And I was like, pleased when I was listening to that episode and the tragedy happened, I was like, I've had time. I can only imagine that the listeners also had time to do That it's felt good as a storytelling moment.
0: I personally am looking forward to listening to those episodes back to back because I know that they came from the same session, sure. Uh, but that's just me. Uh, you as the listener, you guys out there, listen to them as they come out. Um, I don't think that there's any particular uh metrics that make that better for us, but it's probably better for you. Um, uh, or not, do what you want, you know, listen to them all <laughs> in a bunch, Binge them
1: Yeah, I mean, I I I, don't care. I I think that I don't know. There's a million ways that I have listened to long form story podcasts like this Um, being that I've, you know, I'll listen to it serially and then I'll go back and binge the whole thing to re encapsulate the whole arc at once. So when you're when you listen to other podcasts and you're listening
0: to to their storytelling, are there specific elements that you're listening to? Is it the whole sort of scope of the thing like, are you listening to to uh, NPC choices? Are you listening to plot sort of overarching elements? Are you like, what is it that you're as a storyteller sort of attuned for yeah. in the stories that you consume, rather in like podcasts or or in television or like, what are you? keeping feelers out for to improve your own storytelling.
1: Yeah. in in podcasts, it is a lot more how the story is being told in this medium that I feel like we're just still trying to master. It's so difficult to do these conversations that should happen on top of one another, but still giving each other the space in a recording is it's rough. It's difficult. It's rough. That, that out of person. Yeah
0: tabletop role-playing, like, over Discord. I know that everyone's doing it,
1: but I'm... It's tough. It's, it's hard. It's um, hard. <laughs> so, develop like, listening to how they have that flow and... Lag is real. You know, thinking about how to fix those problems with us uh, in our own table, um, but also listening to... Yeah, I mean, just, just all of it. The way that the characters respond, because that could be an NPC the way they're responding. I can just see that. I don't know. I'm uh, currently I'm listening to one where the NPCs are a lot less. um uh, Oftentimes they're a lot less important. And I don't know. I think every NPC has their story, whether we are focusing on it or not is different, but mm. every NPC has a story. Mm. They may not have a quest for you, but there's something going on. So I really like to give that, but it's, you know, that, you know just cuz we do it differently that doesn't mean it's bad or wrong or that either way is it's just that has developed slightly differently but it, it i think it's helped develop that helped develop my joy of that and when i make an npc when you guys meet Kirk the cheese man and While it won't make sense in our story for Herc to ever come back, Herc's life is still happening. We gave him enough breath (laughs) to have life.
0: Herc was an NPC for a character who no longer exists in our game. No, Uh, no, but he had the breath to
1: exist. I do miss him when he was there. And I think that I miss him and his cheese. That is an interesting thing for me. Um, and just breaking down how other people do it for TV shows. It's more about story beats and watching a room as we as like, I get hit with a good story beat. I'm like, Whoa, that was really cool. How they pulled this off or this off and also seeing how it affects the others in the room um, has been very helpful. Like we were sitting down at the barbecue yesterday and there someone had said something and it reminded me of another story and I was like, Holy shit, it would be really cool if we did an arc where this and this happens, and I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to put that on the back burner for months until it makes sense in my head, and then all of a sudden, maybe that'll be my next art or whatever.
0: So say that that some of our our listeners are wanting to tell a story, either they want to, to write some sort of, of serialized fiction, short fiction, or they want to, they want to run a, a tabletop role-playing game of their own, and they want to tell sort of a rich story, or, or some other medium, they want to do, uh, they want to do some, some, uh, contemporary theater, some, or, or whatever, they want to tell a story in their own right, what sort of, advice or or tips and tricks as a as a moderately experienced storyteller what would you what would you advise sort of your your less experienced compatriots how would you how would you guide them
1: it's yeah i mean it's 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 pretty broad i think with any of these mediums if it's something that you want to try because you're interested in it um and possibly interested in it even as a storytelling medium that is to do it and then do it again and do it again and, again and again and again and again and again and again, and just keep doing it and If you find that you aren't enjoying it, find another medium that is okay. I think a lot of people burn out because they force themselves to do something that they're not enjoying um I know that I was getting that way, like in I think a lot of theater stuff, I was burning myself out because the things that I was loving wasn't the things that I was doing so much of. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like. Finding this weird split between what was bringing me joy and what was bringing me stress uh, and how to balance that. And, you know, it's now only looking back hindsight 2020, that it was the storytelling that was bringing that. So, yeah, I don't know, you just doing it over and over again, I writing if writing is your thing, great. If you write 10 pages and realize that you're not necessarily a great writer because you can't come up with the most flowery language or it only makes sense in your head. Hey, that's fine, too. But you did a thing and you put it down. Maybe try writing again, maybe try writing again in 10 years, maybe try writing again tomorrow. Maybe it's not writing. Maybe it's playing D&D. That's proven huge for me. Um, It began with just wanting to tell a fun fantasy adventure of magic. And then we told a fun fantasy adventure of magic. And then it's like, well, shoot, I still want to play this game. because I'm having fun doing it. But I don't just want to tell another fun fantasy adventure of magic that's played out for me at this one moment. So let me try this. What's interesting to me? What relationships are interesting? And then we tried that and we've done, I don't know. 10 to 12 different kinds of, I would say at this point, campaigns or RPG games and each one in its own right, has shown another thing that I would enjoy exploring. Um,
0: each of the Each of the stories that we've told have been their own sort of unique encompassed story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have told quite a few of them, and they have sort of been, from marginally to very different yeah uh in their scope in their in their their different pieces that they they pull in to weave the narrative um and i do think it's been much it's been been increasingly more interesting more complex more Mm -hmm. more fun to to be a part of as we have all as a group move forward in our our storytelling capabilities
1: yeah and i think that that's it we don't you don't want to tell the same story over and over again you want to develop it and it each time that you do anything i think that goes for any of the joys across anything that anyone has brought up is that the first time you do it will always be worse than the 10th time you do it because you are just gonna learn and improve and so find finding the medium i think is the most important part for storytelling so i think a lot of people have an imagination but get stuck up in what medium they should be doing. You know, they're like, I, I'm doing this. I am uh, writing, mm-hmm. but I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's not the medium for this moment. You could still be a writer again in a year down the line. But maybe in this moment, you need to be telling a story through know, D&D or painting or pottery. Like it, there's a lot of forms of art. And I think that art is a great way to tell stories.
0: Art is a great way to tell stories. That is a great quote to take home with you, dear listener. Art is a great way to tell stories.
1: Um, art is a great way to tell stories.
0: Doesn't matter what the medium is. Uh, if you get roadblocked on one spot, take another. There are a an, an infinite number of, uh, of directions you can go once you have delved into the great topic that is art. That's um, true we are sort of closing in we're sort of nearing the end of our interview we're not quite, yeah. quite there yet but we're going to do we're going to do sort of a, a a few end of end of interview questions okay. uh you you know you've been through high school you love superlatives let's do let's do a couple superlatives sort of what was the most the most fun in the moment experience of of storytelling whether that was sort of uh, a moment within your your role playing game running, or a character that you played or a a a story that you wrote, mm-hmm. you know, what was the most
1: the most fun i I think that it had it was the which were're almost there in the releases, but it's gonna be it's the reveal of the problem on the station mm. to the table. um, it was to you first you got a little ticklings and that like that from when you introduced your next character, which comes out soon to when
0: true fans, true M does fans will know by now. Hyatt Cola meets some stuff. Yeah, he meets some stuff. He meets some stuff and that's going to lead into a whole bunch more things. Uh, And that but it's like that chunk of episodes that was such an exciting was... moment. like that whole the whole Hyatt Cole introduction arc really blew yeah. the whole world of the like. Like starting town in space, a uh, world open At yeah. least for me, I don't know, I don't know if the rest of the party listened to it, but like I know Lawrence did and I know that like anyone who did would have gotten a benefit from it because, like, we did... There's a lot that got it touches into on. into it.
1: Yeah, and I felt like a lot of the stuff that, I guess, for for those fans that comes out in, I don't know, a, uh, a few days, I guess, after this will come out, there is... No, that's, yeah, that's fine. It comes out at the same time. That's not a big deal. I doubt there's a ton of crossover. save the folks who are already probably aware of what's happening in the story. Hey guys,
0: if you listen to this quick, quick hiatus, quick brief moment, if you listen to this podcast, the pure joy podcast, uh, you should tune in to dungeons, drive-ins and dice. It's not this at all, but it is these people doing a tabletop RPG. And it's a lot of fun. It Mm -hmm. is. It is all of us, all of your favorite voices here on the pure joy network. There are a few uh, of us,
1: yeah, quite a, uh, a a
0: few of us and you know if if, M, if M keeps up his, keeps up his stuff, it'll be all of us at some point if, at some point, yeah, but you know if you want to go back and listen to your favorite chaos magician and um uh, media media consumer, I think was that that was my topic way back when that was uh, yeah, yeah. your favorite of those two people playing uh role playing games, go and listen to the the dungeons drive-ins and dice. Uh, podcast, yeah. we play. Uh, I know this is our second very shameless plug, but we play, uh, we play Dungeon World in Space. Yeah, Dungeon World in Space. Uh, I play a, a sequence of deeply sexy characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, deeply, differently sexy characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, mechanically, let's be very specific
1: mechanically sexy characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that that arc is is just so good because I had from the first episode, you can tell, you can tell how
0: much work went into that sort of introductory, like, like couple episodes it was very clear that
1: you had done a lot of work coming into it had been the eight months I think leading up to that time that I had been thinking about this character that's going to be introduced and how to do that and then not only how to do that but how to edit that I was thinking three months in advance on how I would go about editing this voice because we've done a a small touch of like vocal editing here and there like comms or certain aliens get it Mm -hmm. certain Mm -hmm. big forces get it uh, and this felt like a huge force and so how that's going to come out i had to think about and so when we were doing it and seeing the look like yes lawrence's character couldn't be surprised but watching lawrence actually experience that and then play a not surprised person was also interesting to see like all these little bits and how they were clicking in was big and then It was so big that we had to have a secondary. There's going to be several episodes of us just talking about it and figuring out how to move on. Yeah, the thing, the the ripples that spread from and I was from that, I, I felt a little bit of guilt and I was scared in this moment because I was like, oh, no. Have I thrown things off the rails? But it wasn't that I had thrown, th- thrown things off the rails is that I had done it. You just exactly sort of, like I wanted to do it. You'd rattled us and like it you'd had rattled our whole shit as a part of this. We story. had to take our time and
0: like pumped. step back and think about, all right, what? What do our characters do from here? And if you want to know what happens, what our characters do do, tune in. Please subscribe yeah, to in. the uh, Dungeons, Drive-Ins, and Dice uh, podcast. I am most interested in, we've talked about a lot about what has made you feel the most joy, the most mm-hmm. pleasure from your joy, but you can't sort of reach the mountaintops without going through the valleys. Back. So what what has been sort of a struggle for you specifically? What has been more difficult? What have you had to sort of work through to, to achieve this joy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So if, yeah, I don't know if like eight months of focus and work on a thing that we are only just in maybe two episodes, we touch on a part of the mystery and I pull it off and I'm so stoked. It would be like the failures in the moment. Like I'm I'm using this has been the just the most way that I've done any form of storytelling is with the Dungeons, Drive-Ins and Dice. But I so like in a round rug episode just after rug, I think it's the same episode. That's a pretty big disappointment for me. Um, is the problem what is it the the rope problem where everyone is fucking falling out of the back of this ship? That was and a
0: good moment. landing on the
1: rope. A it's funny a moment, though. it is a <laughs> Mo, Curly and Joe slap gag bit <laughs> that I think is humorous but not good bit storytelling. Of <laughs> not good storytelling at all. And it's been moments like that where you have to decide that. Because we're telling the story, we're not just playing d and d It's not just win or fail it's what that means and how that's going to to present itself um and so in that moment, failing and not being able to like get my hands back on the reins and like so- and you know hoping that one of you guys will make a decision that pulls me out of this fucking hole I'm digging myself into, but that isn't what is that isn't this relationship and when we play it's that I have to be yeah it's hard it's
0: hard for us as players to yeah. like sort of help of the gm exactly especially and, he- and like this is a gripe that's probably not for the podcast but like that's a that's i feel like especially a digital thing like when you're in person the dm can be like hey real quick like does this feel good? Right. Does this sound, does this sound okay? Where are we at? Sort of real quick table talk. Let's talk this out. Mm -hmm. But over the, over the digital, that's like, you're already sort of running the risk of upsetting the flow of things when
1: you are upsetting the flow of things Mm -hmm. like it's harder. It, yeah. I mean, it just, it was a, it was a tough moment, but using that for the following many, many episodes, in what not to do what hole not to dig myself into it strengthened another muscle i mean all struggles i think if you don't let it take you out of the thing will make you better at that thing um, in some form or fashion if you can overcome it not that all struggles are overcomable or shouldn't be given their time but just that if you can overcome it it will teach you something. you will know how to do it better, do it harder, do it longer, whatever that is.
0: sort of a within that within that question real quick before we get to, to our do. next set of questions. you've talked about toning the muscles of your joy of your storytelling yeah, yeah, what I don't know if we if this is if this is drilling too deep, but like what muscle? Within storytelling, do you feel like you have have toned the most? What is the most defined muscle you've got right now?
1: I think it has to be just like the story threads and keeping them alive. I was a big uh, I'm. I've been much better at it as this has gone on. But like at the beginning, I used to complain a lot about how I would say a lot of things and then forget them. And I do still. And I think that we all do quite a lot when we're in this, we'll pause and be like, what was that? That was said. And how can, how was I going about this? Okay. I'm back into it, but I'm, I forget less threads now because I've made them more woven in. It's not just this one thread, but it's that when you pull it, You can see the paint coming Mm -hmm. off the fucking wall Mm -hmm. because it is so Mm -hmm. deeply ingrained. Um, It affects this and this NPC and you know them and they know them. And now that's important. Making the making each thread matter and not putting just like loose superfluous ones out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to just throw paint at the wall and see what stuck. But then that left a bunch of other paint that I had thrown right and so now I'll it's paint on the wall it's it's getting better at just like painting the wall with what you're given mm-hmm. and just like keep that going and
0: narrowing the margins yeah. closer to what we're doing sort mm-hmm. of yeah and yeah, getting i, I think that. just
1: better at improv overall like the the pauses during the recordings are shorter for everybody but including for myself who is in the moment like trying to build this next set so or you know being willing to ask for a pause that's a huge for
0: sure being willing to ask for a pause is a big deal you know
1: like i just need 30 seconds
0: all right it's hard it's hard to to ask for that yeah like i've i've played the the dungeon master role before and like that's difficult it's hard Mm -hmm. to to ask for a moment even though you know that your players are going to be like oh sure fine cool
1: yeah i mean like that moment does not matter but it is very helpful to for you to center yourself and Mm -hmm. learning to ask for that Mm -hmm. has been helpful
0: yeah way back when back in college i used to call for a cigarette break when i needed uh when i needed a moment Mm -hmm. to figure
1: out what the hell to do uh Mm -hmm. after the shenanigans y'all had pulled and that was always a good moment because we would step up And we three together who were in this moment or four at some point were all then chatting in a outside way about this, not as players at the table now, but as as if we had just watched this, we would chat about. How things were going, and then give you know us players would give little shoots onto what we thought was could come it was next. Really fun. That like was a really fun and...
0: part about the in-person experience was getting to listen to <clears throat> you guys spitballing as I silently chain smoked and tried to figure out what I was actually going to do. But it was really good to be able to listen to. The threads of what you guys were spitballing, like what what we found important, what you thought was important, what you thought was going to happen next, where you thought, like what you thought the connections were in that moment. That was all really good stuff.
1: That is a thing. Like so, even deeper into that skill is, I think, it's not, you know, it. So yes, the thread is now ingrained in the story, but it's also about manipulation is the wrong word but subtle subtle manipulations to get you guys to see it but not make it like i'm focusing on it right like Mm -hmm. there's a chip Mm -hmm. in the wall and blah 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 and then someone's like why is there a chip in the wall cool now it's in your head and now there's this other thing and now there's this other thing and then all of a sudden once you pull the thread you realize that it's connected back to the chip in the wall from 10 episodes ago and that feels like really solid mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. you were you've been curious and now now you know these two puzzles are one puzzle. Yeah, that that ah uh, moment
0: is really. I mean, it's good in in any form of fiction. Like mm-hmm. if you're watching, if you're watching sort of an if you're watching an A twenty four TV show or mm-hmm. a movie or something, there's you, gonna be a moment you're like ah, oh. and that moment feels good. Like mm-hmm. it's like um, it's like relieving a cramp in your mind yeah definitely uh but i'll say that moment feels even better if it's a part of a story that you've been creating even if you're not right when you feel the bits slot into place Mm -hmm. even if they're not actually the bits that that wind up being the thing like when it all makes sense you're just like "Ooh, ooh, okay i understand the world now Let's yeah, let's play in here. Let's we're not in this new we're understanding. no longer blindfolded. We're no longer feeling it out. We've taken the blindfold off, even if we still need some some like real good glasses. um, We can see what's going on now.
1: And that's, yeah.
0: you know, that's mm. it's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Hell mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Hell yeah. Okay. Hard, but worth it to develop. So difficult. Yeah, so difficult. But
0: like when you've got it, oh, boy, mm-hmm. it feels mm-hmm. so good. OK, we'll we'll call that there with the superlatives. Hmm. I think that this is the thing I've seen in, in previous episodes. Um, say that some of our viewers are starting off in their storytelling journey. They're writing their first bit of short fiction or they're they're, you know, coming up with some ideas for their first game mastering experience. What sort of advice would you would you give to them?
1: I think just, like, don't let not knowing how to do it hold you back from doing it. Especially in game mastering and playing Dungeons & Dragons, that'll hold almost anyone back, that you just don't know how to do it or you're overwhelmed by what's going on. But, like, I don't know. It sounds so cheesy, but just search it on youtube like it's the best resource for learning someone will have the right way to just tell you the the few rules that actually exist in D D, and then you'll slowly learn the mechanics you'll slowly learn these things when you start putting yourself around it and ingratiating yourself in it and just playing playing and failing and then you'll learn that you had failed and you'll go back and you'll play better next time oh shoot this is how this mechanic works oh shoot These are how these numbers add up. Guess what? It didn't really matter that you did it wrong the first time. You probably still had fun or you struggled a little bit, but you still wanted to come back because you're trying it again. So you'll do it better. Um, If you have, you know, people around you that can teach you, great. But if you can't, like, don't let, don't let that. Don't let not having someone to teach you hold you back from attempting to do it.
0: Don't let not have someone to teach you hold you back. I have to hugely second that. And I will say, huge thing for me, the when you are starting out really, I mean, writing or game mastering or any sort of creative pursuit where you yourself are sort of designating the plot, mm-hmm. all of the the textbooks, be that the, the Dungeon Master's Guide or the How to Write a Story books or whatever, are not helpful. They will tell you one way, one phrasing of how to tell a story. Mm -hmm. And it seems like more often than not, that phrasing seems to only apply to whoever it was that authored the story. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't actually help any of you, the consumers, to tell your own stories. And I would say, like Emma said, YouTube is a huge resource because basically any YouTube video like telling you something that you might have been able to read out of a book is basically a rephrasing, a retelling of the points that you have gotten from the book. And those points may have been phrased in a way that will be easier for you to receive. So just because the book is confusing and unhelpful, don't let that stop you. There are many, many resources and each different resource, even if it says, even if all of the resources, even if you get five different resources that say start here, this is how you tell the story. Mm-hmm. They will all be phrased in a different way and you should poke at each of them until you find one that seems to speak your language mm-hmm. um, and, and let that sort of be your North Star uh, that guides you through this, uh, this storytelling process.
1: Yeah, I mean, just do it like it. Practice. You can't find whatever voice that you have in this medium without doing it and developing that voice and like developing how you want to use it and in what way like it. Like my first six page story would be. Even if I had it. I could rewrite it now and make it 30 pages because of my experience. And I've read more books and I've written more things and I know how to write and blah, blah, blah. But like that only is because I I now have 20 more years of life behind me um, because I have written over and over and over and over again. Um, just do it. Continue to do it. Learn from your failures and don't let them kick you out of doing it. Yeah. yeah.
0: OK, Uh, one last question before we sort of get to the very end of our of our episode today. Um, You've given us a lot of advice sort of for those starting out, for those sort of in the in the midst of their storytelling process. What what goals do you have sort of as you progress in your storytelling? What is what is something that you're shooting for, be it? Character interaction or Narrative development or like what is What's a goal that you have that you're Trying to see uh see happen Within the next you know Bit of your storytelling Uh career
1: Um An ending a lot Of my I mean even Just like talking about it a lot of my Storytelling over the past has been about The beginnings of stories Right like certainly First grade, it was a chapter one or a book one, but not a story. Uh I mean a lot of my better writings were one acts. They were a chunk of a wider mm-hmm. story that mm-hmm. you have to now imagine as an audience member. And then with this, like, sure, very soon for the listeners we will have pulled off this really cool moment, this big wow moment, and then we'll break that down and we'll begin to move on from it and like what that means. But that's still not the end. That's really cool. But now it's a challenge to learn how to, while doing it, not let the story die down and still come to a conclusion that makes us like okay with just with moving on to another game. You know what I mean? I don't want I don't want it to be us to move on because we have this plan. I want it to be us moving on. We're prepared to move on when the story finds its conclusion, which... You know, again, it's like it's just how to make that happen and that feel like a conclu- conclusion. Because I've not been much one for ending things. I get about halfway through and then something distracts me or okay or whatever. Okay. So learning how to end and then learning how to make these big narrative swings in the moment. Because mm. a lot of like the big like this big narrative swing coming up has been something that has been peppered you know, but sometimes it is a pop that you don't expect, but it is huge and is impactful.
0: Pivots are hard.
1: It's hard, but I want to learn how to at least use it, not to, not to abuse it, but to be able to, to utilize it. Certainly.
0: Okay. so much uh, for sharing your joy with us M. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go I know that my first episode I prodded you to introduce uh, small joys to the start of your yeah. of your yeah, episode. So you have episode you've you've kept three. that going. I'm really uh, I'm I'm always stoked to, yeah. to hear the small joys. So I'm gonna I'm a prod you. I don't expect this one to, to stick to stick, but I'm going to prod it because I am in charge and this is I am the captain now. Sure. Uh, Let's let's real quick. Let's manifest a joy. Like, what is a joy that you'd like to see, like that you'd like to experience in the coming, let's say, year? up to a year sort of the months ahead like something what is i'm looking forward to? yeah something you're looking forward to or something you'd like to realize what is a joy that you would like to manifest that you'd like to visualize for yourself oh. in the near future
1: okay just to continue spitballing on i think where we want our answers to land i feel like again a thing i want to manifest is like um, I, I don't know if... There's there's a better word to say it, but just like us savings. I'm very excited to manifest savings. Mm, <laughs> you yeah, know? Like, yeah,
0: to be able to set aside some, some dough for yeah, the
1: future, yeah. I think it's the first time ever... I think I've always said um, that it's coming. It's this next block. It's this next thing that mm-hmm. will be the thing that I'm finally set up for. But, I mean, looking back, I can see how i that wasn't the case or how i didn't do proper saving or spending after that to keep that being the case but i think that i'm at a point where like it might happen i i don't know like there's nothing huge on the horizons and all of the vacations or whatever trips coming up i'm like i've been prepared for so it's not going to like affect anything so i just like I don't know. Just like finding that like monetary security because of hard work and because of due diligence of my own accounts. And. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know That's that a, is a that's good a joy really, to manifest,
0: I, I'll say I don't know about good or bad, but it's a very adult joy. Mm. And I am here for Just, it. I'm, that's that's I'm really, going to find joy in not having them, that. That's right a one adult joy right there is is the realization of fiscal responsibility. Yeah. Like it's yeah. that's solid. That's Making I it mean, happen. that's I got to say way better than I've got. It's cool. What's your what joy would you like to realize? I, here's the thing is that in my mind, I had beekeeping. <laughs> But well, see, you know what? This was here's the, here's when, what? I, when I went here's the thing is that when I when I was talking to you about it, I said within a year and there is here dear listener, no I will say way. it right now, no way. No way that in no one No way year, that in one, one year day. in in what? In uh in on May 29th, 2024 that Gabe Stringer will be a beekeeper.
1: That's just won't happen. Uh one year in the future, the episode will be titled "Beekeeping with Gabe Stringer." Oh, I see,
0: <laughs> I will try.
1: See, that's that's what I was. I will I was try. That, like, I will try and manifest. It wanted to be like something we wanted to try or. Do I mean, or... yeah,
0: like if we want to extend it further, I would love to see manifesting a joy. Be this is a joy that I would love to see in the future. Like for me, beekeeping feels really in line with. with manifesting a joy is a thing that you think that you would have joy in or had like a very brief sort of winkle of joy Mm. in the past but you want to really delve into at some point like that sort of
1: okay okay. like
0: something something that sort of is is not yet part of who you are but is something that you know, for bee for me, beekeeping, I bee, I, I kept bees, I helped keep keep bees. I did not keep any bees. I helped tangentially. Uh my senior year of high school, and it was some of the most fun that I've ever had. I loved beekeeping. Um I got to, to taste honey from different kinds of plants and I've always wanted to to keep to keep bees since then to like try keeping bees sort of localized on different plants on different different varietals of honey. Uh, I reread a beekeeping book today, uh, and I think that the honey that I tried way back when that I thought was like exquisite and amazing might have actually been uh, honeydew mm. honey, mm. like the like the the vines that you see. Like I think the the honey from from them. Uh, might have been when I was when I was beekeeping, I tasted some like really dark, really rich honey. Mm-hmm. That, like when we were spinning it out was only a certain portion of one sort of frame of 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 honey. Mm-hmm. And we tried just these little dark sections and it was the most flavorful, the mm. most Interesting and complex and delicious honey that I had ever had, and I've never had it again. Mm. And the the person we were with was like, I think it's from pine trees, but after reading this book, I think it's from honeysuckle. Mm. But we'll find out someday when I become a beekeeper. Someday. And
1: a more, I
0: think, a more the, yeah, a manifesting joy is, joy, is one yeah. that I
1: think I would be. Um, becoming a published TB- TTRPG author of some kind. Oh hell yeah. And I think that that's like with all the work we've been doing and the background work that I was doing to like keep sheets and everything up to date like um, I don't know how I would do it because some of this is like directly plagiarized for our own campaign and some of it you know because I wasn't selling it so I have to do some edits and stuff but like is finding a way to like You're close to that, though. You're not make a little money off of. I've worked with you
0: on on TTRPG creation like you're not. You're like. I would say that you are closer to publishing than you are to plagiarism on a lot of the stuff that I have seen you create like you're not quite there. Like, there may be, you know, snippets. Yeah, little, I would little say, like, 30% of your
1: character is copy and pasted, but it only made sense to copy and paste it because the flavor of everything else I had brought in changed the flavor of that. Exactly. But I still, like, yeah, I need to go yeah. back and not make that a copy and paste. It has to be in my own words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Which is fine. Like my idea is now you're very you're thing you're close gave. to that. You yeah.
0: like if that was your if that was a focus, if that was a thing that you really wanted to manifest, I could definitely see you doing that. Yeah, like by May 29th, 2024. We could definitely see, hey, listeners be, you know, on the
1: lookout. Drive for RPG, uh, we M, have no idea what it'll be.
0: M does TTRPG Publishing,
1: uh, no the vlog the vlog um yeah that's something i think i would like to manifest is attempting to publish that or get it into a publishable form awesome
0: i that's really cool to hear it's neat um i would i think that that about wraps it up for us this evening uh i would like to thank you m for joining me here on the pure joy podcast sharing your joy with me and and all of you all Uh, i would like to thank Myonize and Murda for their intro and trans- transition themes. I would like to thank anyone else that I have forgotten to thank uh, as the temporary interim host for this one episode. Uh, I would like to thank you all the listeners for being our rock and foundation for uh for enjoying this podcast. Um I know that I am one of you and you are one of me, and so we together, us, will listen and enjoy this podcast and give M all of our very special thoughts. Uh thank you, M. Thank you everybody, and we will see you next Fun. time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>